We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast for part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, we have some injury news to talk about. The Bulls season was, of course, defined by injuries. It ruined their early season success. And now two key players have given us some injury updates on their status. For Lonzo Ball, the news is pretty concerning. Last time we heard from Billy Donovan, he said that the Bulls did not know the cause of Lonzo Ball's discomfort as he recovered from a bone bruise uh, that also impacted his recovery from a torn meniscus. Lonzo hasn't played since, I believe, what, late January? Is that right, Jason? I believe he exited that Warriors game on January 14th, and I think that was... or. He played in that game. I don't think he exited. He played in that game, and I think that was the last one he played in. That was the one that Levine got hurt in. It was some. It was around there. And uh, so, you know, Lonzo never came back. There was a report this week that even if the Bulls had made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, Lonzo would still not have been able to play. Now, that is a really long recovery from a meniscus tear, Jason, and it's because of the bone bruise that he had on his knee. Now, Lonzo is not the only one dealing with this issue. John Morant also had a bone bruise in his other knee, uh, and that kept him out of the NBA playoffs. There's, of course, a lot of hubbub over that when Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins basically uh, insinuated that like Jordan Poole caused the injury by grabbing his knee. But really, Ja was in and out of the lineup throughout the year. Uh, I think that that knee injury just sort of got inflamed again. And clearly, this is like a sort of a really scary thing. You hear the term bone bruise, and you think, oh, it's a bruise. It'll heal. It's not that bad. Right. But in reality, it's like a micro fracture. And uh, it's sort of like a little bit of bleeding in the knee. And depending on the location of the bruise, the size of the bruise, it can take a very long time to heal. And if you don't heal it the right way, my understanding is that that micro fracture can turn into a real fracture. And this is the same knee 
uh, Lonzo tore in 2018, which I believe was his rookie year with the Los Angeles Lakers. He also had to have a meniscus operation. So the status of Lonzo Ball, Jason, still very much up in the air. I think it's really concerning for the Bulls, both present and future. And there remains very little clarity on this situation for something that's been lingering for you know, five months now. Yeah, I believe it was. It was where was the the report that you mentioned the Eastern Conference Finals thing? Who was that from? I didn't see that. Yeah, that was through a report. I read that on. Uh, I think Dave Kaplan said that on ESPN One Thousand. Okay, so he was also the one who had said what I saw this morning was that the Bulls were worried, worried about Lonzo's knee because it still just is not healing. It's not getting better. Still getting pain. I did not see that part of the report. It just seems like. In general, no brainer. Concerned, yeah. yeah. Concern about that knee just not healing. And yeah, we've been worried about this for a while. We figured once there there was the they shut him down, that he was dealing with pain, that he like couldn't run and cut like full speed because of this, that this was definitely worse than we thought it was. That uh it's just this bone the combo of the bone bruise and meniscus is just really troublesome. Uh, and like at this, yeah, at this point, we still don't obviously we haven't heard anything from the team. Last we heard from Lonzo was that uh, he was going to see more another specialist and that they were going to determine if he needs more surgery. We have not heard anything more on that front. Yes, we haven't gotten anything official yet, just kind of these whispers and speculation that there's concern there. And yeah, if he's not still like if he's still feeling pain, that definitely is concerning now that it's what are we five months after he got hurt? Yeah, I, I think basically like at five months, maybe four and a half since the surgery. Yeah, absolutely concerning considering the initial timetable. Uh, I guess we just have to, again, hope that we have three, four months until training camp, next training camp, that whatever he does now in the next few months gets him better. And that uh, I think in general, we're just going to have to probably, again, I think like bake in the idea that Lonzo is going to miss games during the season. You just hope that it's consistently not something where he's missing months at a time and just and missing the end of the season when they really need him in the playoffs because that obviously is a killer for the team with how much he means on both ends of the court. We saw how much they missed him uh, the second half of the season and against the Bucks. Not that they would have necessarily beaten the Bucks with Lonzo Ball or the healthy Lonzo Ball, but obviously that his skill set, his three point shooting, his defense, his passing is also important to the Bulls. So yeah, it's something we're going to have to follow. Hopefully, we get better news on it in the next whatever months again this summer. Whenever they give us an actual update on it. Uh, because it's, yeah, not great. Definitely concerning that we just continue to get really no good news on this knee at all when it should have been healed by now. It's crazy because Lonzo is still only 24. He doesn't turn 25 until October 27th. Uh, I'm not expecting another update on this for like at least a couple months, really like July 1st, August 1st. Like that's probably August 1st is around the time you hope to hear some type of update on Lonzo Ball. And the fact that he's been out this long and is still experiencing severe pain whenever he's just trying to ramp up, trying to run, to get back into shape, uh, that's very concerning for the Bulls because it's like, you know, they invested $80 million in this guy for a reason. He fits really well with what the team needed. The team was rolling when he was on the floor. And while he's, you know, not a guy who's going to put up super gaudy numbers, he's the sort of dude who you plug in and he makes everyone else better just by what he does, which is space the floor in terms of his shooting, get the team out in transition, attacking on the fast break. And then defensively, as we saw all year, so skilled, so versatile, able to defend players way bigger than him, uh, you know, 
great at getting into the passing lanes. It all comes back to his ability to like quickly turn defense into offense. So there's no doubt the Bulls need Lonzo Ball to be the best version of themselves. That is because of the makeup of the roster. And it's also because, you know, he takes up $20 million a year on the cap sheet. So I think this is pretty scary and concerning for the Bulls. And you wonder how this affects their offseason. Like, do the Bulls look at someone like Io DeSumo and be like, well, you know, if Lonzo is going to be in and out of the lineup, Io should take a big step up in year two, similar to Lonzo. He's another big guard. He has experience playing point guard, but he's not really like a point guard in a traditional sense in terms of his skill set. Uh, or, you know, are the Bulls going to use their mid-level exception, which I think is up to $10 million this summer, to go out and look for more guard help? Because when I think about the Bulls' problems, it's size and shooting, as we've been saying on this podcast for months. I would love to see that mid-level exception, if, they, if they're able to use it, go to, and they better use it, go to some front court help. You know, ideally sort of like a four or five swing forward with some shooting ability. I think if you saw what Maxi Kleba did uh, for the Mavs in their second round series win against Phoenix, which we'll talk a little bit, he was like one of, one of the most important guys to that team because he was sort of the key to getting their five out spacing on offense. And then defensively, he was able to hang with DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee, Biombo, like Aiton wasn't able to punish him inside. And we'll talk a little bit more about Aiton maybe in a bit here and his ties to the Bulls. So super concerning for Lonzo. I wonder what the Bulls do this off season, given this news, do they need to invest more in the backcourt? And it just sucks, man. It's going to be a wait and see approach for Lonzo and the Bulls, I think. And I would not expect an update on this until probably late in the summer. We will see. Uh, And then the other injury news, uh, obviously Zach Levine, uh, long time speculation. We figured this was going to happen that Zach would need some type of surgery. Joe Kelly hinted at it right before the Bucks series ended that he would get surgery after the playoffs. And Shams basically confirmed that reporting last week that he will indeed be getting surgery in a few weeks. There wasn't like an exact timeline. It was basically just like a, a scope in a couple weeks. Uh, and obviously you know, getting surgery, never great, but this is, I think this is something that we all saw coming really does not concern me at all. I think it's probably for the best that he gets this done ahead of this free agency. It doesn't, I don't think it really should affect his free agency unless they go in there and find something actually really bad, but everything that's been out there to this point is that there's no like serious structural damage. It's not a degenerative long-term issue. Uh, so when it comes down to it for Zach Levine, get that surgery, clean that shit up. Uh, and the Bulls should still pay him a max contract of over $200 million. And I feel like that's uh, still a no-brainer in my book. Uh, I know there have has been some, there were some rumors out there about his free agency as well. Over the last week, we had Brian Windhorst uh, talking about like the Blazers as a possible suitor and him teaming up with Dame. Zach is obviously from the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. He played with Dame on Team USA, the Blazers are trying to retool around Dame quickly here as he he's what 31, 32 years old. So, I mean, that makes sense. It also makes sense that this is clearly clutch sports floating this kind of stuff out there. Uh, I think it's going to happen all off season until there's a a Zach signing Uh, basically just keep the pressure on, on the bulls and be like, don't you fuck around here? Like you better pay, you better pay up this guy, bring the money to the table uh, and if they do, I think we still think that Zach will end up coming back. The Bulls can offer more than everybody else. Yeah, it's a big market. The team just got good again. I mean, you do. I guess you do wonder if like the Lonzo injury is bad, if that does affect Zach's thinking at all. Maybe it does. 
But uh, I still think Zach will be back. I think all these, there will be rumors. There will be talk about it. I know a lot of people are making fun of that. I can't remember who it was. I think it was an ESPN show with that. Just some awful three-way trade with the Lakers and the Knicks, like just terrible stuff. Uh, but I mean, it's people are going to talk about it. The trade fodder. Zach's one of like the biggest names on the market. It's going to happen. And Clutch is going to keep that pressure on. Bulls, he wants to get paid. They're going to make sure the Bulls pay up. Because if they don't, maybe he will go somewhere else and get paid because somebody will pay him. Yeah, in terms of the surgery, I think, you know, scope, minimally invasive procedure, usually like a two-month recovery time. So yeah, it shouldn't be I'm I'm hoping that if Zach undergoes the scope, maybe we'll get, you know, a more timely update in terms of how his recovery is going. And uh doctors like to do that just because it's just easier, I think, on the patient to recover. So hopefully Zach can have that procedure, eliminate the knee pain. Uh, it is the same knee that he tore his ACL on back when he was on the Timberwolves before the Bulls traded for him. And occasionally they can find like that they need to do a meniscus repair or find something else wrong with the knee when they do that. But uh, likely just like a minimally invasive procedure for Zach. And he should be good to go for the start of training camp and hopefully back at the peak of his powers. Levine turned 27 in March should be in the prime of his career for his next contract. And man, you think about some of the other free agents this summer from James Harden, having another totally humiliating exit in the NBA playoffs to Kyrie Irving. He's a big free agent this summer, his availability uh, being seriously in question, what the future holds for Kyrie is totally up in the air. Then you have Brad Beal with the ability to opt out of his deal. I think all signs sort of point to him staying in Washington, at least to this point, unless he asks out to go to a specific team. Then you got DeAndre Ayton, who just couldn't punish a very small Mavs front line in a series that, you know, should have been set up for him to play physically and to like dominate at the rim. Jason, I'm kind of thinking Levine is the top free agent on the entire marketplace right now, given Harden's steep decline, Kyrie's total uh, lack of reliability, and Levine's age. He's younger than those guys. He should have more good years in front of him. The knee stuff is a little scary, but it seems like he's avoided a catastrophe in terms of that injury. And, uh, you know, he should, Levine should probably be lauded for playing through it, considering yep. it didn't seem like he could make it worse. Uh, at least that was that was our read on it. So Zach Levine, absolutely paramount for the Bulls to re-sign him. And Jace, it's just going to come down to money as far as I'm concerned. Zach wants the respect. The respect comes in the form of money. The Bulls can offer him more money than any other team. And you brought up, you know, oh, maybe Zach has long-term concerns about the Bulls now because of Lonzo's knee injury. Well, first of all, it's too early to know. Yeah. The you can always take the money and, get, and ask out. You always take the money and ask out. Exactly. So that's what I was going to say. Like the way player movement in the NBA works these days, a star of Zach Levine's level would be more likely to just accept the biggest bag possible, which he can only get from the Bulls. And then if he wants to eventually demand a trade. So uh, I'm not too worried about the Bulls losing Zach yet. I think as long as they pay up, they're going to keep him. All the pressure is on Jerry Reinsdorf and ownership to, uh, you know, make that commitment to him. And if they give Zag the bag, the bag he wants, I think he's back for sure. Yeah. And the, the respect factor too, as well. I think this also just, I think the bulls just like have to show it to him because I think that would hurt them if they did not across the NBA. Like if they, if players see that, Oh, I mean, the bulls aren't willing to pay max contracts to their star players. Like, I think that just another, that'd be another shit. Just like 
after this whole thing where they make these big moves, it's like, oh, the Bulls are a destination again. And they go out, they do all this and they don't get, then they do not go pay Zach. Like, it's a terrible look. Maybe he ultimately wants to go somewhere else. If he does, that's obviously his choice. As long as the Bulls actually do give him the respect, put that offer on the table. If he goes somewhere else, it is what it is. He hopefully maybe you get something back for him. As long as you give him that respect, show around the league that you are willing to pay up like that. Uh, that's really all you can do. But I uh, just really yeah, don't want them to fuck around. Just pay him. I, I asked, I think last week, I was asking, like, because there are a lot of people on my Twitter, I mean, mentions just who think that the Bulls should not give Zach Levine 212 million or whatever his max is. And it's like, well, what's your alternative here? The alternative is just like not good. Like maybe you do get lucky with like a sign and trade. Like you talk about the Portland thing. Like maybe you get like Anthony Simons back in a sign and trade. Maybe I know Portland has like, I mean, Anthony Simons basically seems like Zach, like a poor man, Zach. I mean, he he's still yeah. young. He could be pretty good, but like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like anything like you'd have, you'd have to be really lucky if Zach does leave to get something that really does make you better. Like in the next couple of years, or long-term it's just like pay the man. Again, yeah, if it doesn't work out, you trade him down the line. And I also brought up the thing with Jimmy, and we've talked about this before. The Bulls didn't want to pay Jimmy his money. They made a stupid right. trade for him. Then they were off for four years. Jimmy's been in the playoffs every fucking season since. He's going to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Second time. Uh, he owes, It's almost his third time since the trade. He's been to a Finals. He's still he's playing. He's been like the third best player in the playoffs, third or fourth. Uh just and not saying Zach is on this level. Jimmy was a top 10 player when they traded him. He's a two-way player. He's better, but I just don't want them to make the same mistake where, oh, I just don't want to pay this guy. He's not a true like number one alpha dog. So we're just gonna do something else. Like, no, just don't do the thing again where you do it with Jimmy. Pay up Zach. Hopefully he, he is healthy. Hopefully you make more moves and then you could take another step. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, Zach's been really good the last yeah. two years. Right. Two exactly. years ago. He's gotten better. I mean, he's gotten better. The la- like basically every season this season. And this season, he was about the same as last season. Until the injury. The injury obviously set him back. But uh, Yeah, I was going to say two years ago, his first All-Star appearance, 27 and a half points per game on 64% true shooting. Those numbers are ridiculous. You're not going to be able to acquire anyone in a sign and trade who can approach that. I like Anthony Simons. He's a nice player. Anthony Simons is not averaging 27 and a half points on per game right. on ridiculous tr- uh, scoring efficiency. And then this past year, Levine... Uh, very admirably takes a step back in terms of his own usage, his own scoring load to accommodate DeMar DeRozan, kind of becoming the Bulls' primary scoring option, especially down the stretch. But that's what's so great about Zach's game. It's a malleable skill set because you can play him on or off the ball with his shooting ability, his ability to attack the rim. And his numbers, again, this year, even though it was a disappointing end for Levine's season with the knee injury, his numbers on the season were, again, very good. 24.5 points per game, 60% true shooting percentage. That's about, uh, I think it was like six points higher than, than league average this year. So Levine is an awesome player smack dab in the prime of his career. And, you know, you could say, Oh, well, he's not worth a max contract because he's not, you know, a a true number one option. Well, number two options are very important as well. And a really good number two option gets a max contract in the NBA. And you can't look at max contract and say, Oh, well, he's not as good as Giannis or Jokic or Embiid in there on a max contract. Well, those not all max contracts are created equal. It depends on time of service and also accolades. So Zach's max, because he hasn't been an all-NBA guy, and he flirted with that line this year, might have gotten it without the knee injury. His max is a little bit lower than those top-level guys. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, if you want a really good 27- or 28-year-old NBA free agent, you got to give them a max deal. A uh, right. player of Zach's caliber automatically gets the max. So. There's not a lot of teams with salary cap space coming into this offseason. The Spurs have it. The Pistons have it. It's mostly like the worst teams in the league. But we've seen every year the last several offseasons, teams are able to create salary cap space by trading first-round picks, incentivizing bad teams like the Thunder to take on salary so they can create the space to get a guy. We saw the Bulls last year totally retool their roster without having any salary cap space the entire time. All those moves that they made were done over the cap. So uh, I think that the Bulls simply have to pay Zach Levine the max. I do not believe that there can be any form of negotiation and as long yeah, the as only, the only way uh, the only way is if this like the knee surgery sh- turns up something that's like real bad then like maybe it's like we might have to put some injury protections here or something like that or like maybe you maybe you do try to move on with them but that, that would obviously throw everything off i'm operating on the assumption that the knee is going to be fine it's gonna be a normal scope it'll be good everything else yeah whatever pay him the max that's it Bottom line. All right, let's. Re- we obviously not, we don't have too much time here. So let's real quick these game sevens, and obviously we could talk the eight and stuff. Boston, Milwaukee. I was I rolled with Boston the entire time, even when the Bucks went up three two. 
I obviously thought the Bucs could pull it out in six, but the Bucs are, I mean, the Celtics were a better team than the Bucs without Chris Middleton. I didn't think that series should have gone seven. Giannis did all he could. Any Giannis slander is ridiculous, even though he did kind of peter out there. But the Celtics are awesome. They've been awesome for like three or four months now. I'm not surprised that they won. Maybe I'm surprised that they won that game by 30, but I don't know if there's really that much else to say about their Celtics heat. Uh, I would lean towards the Celtics in that series too. I just don't think the heat have enough offense, but I am obviously rolling with team Jimmy. I hope Jimmy fucking kills it and the heat beat them again and reach the finals because I'd love to see Jimmy back in the finals. Uh, do you have any, any quick thoughts on the Eastern conference stuff? Feels dirty to be rooting for the heat, but we got to root for our boy Jimmy yeah. taking on the hated Boston Celtics, Boston. even when they have a likable team. Yeah, they, they are pretty likable. You know, you just part. see like the barstool sports guys sit in front row and you're like, I hate <laughs> the Boston Celtics. You remember your hatred for them once again. Personally, I think the Celtics should be the favorites to win the championship right now. I think that they look like the most complete and yeah. most impressive team left standing in the NBA. Now, of the four teams, it does sort of feel like any of them can win the title. Yep. I just think that Boston has, in the playoffs, have sort of been defined by, like, spacing it out, picking on an individual defender that's the weakest guy, trying to attack him to get buckets. So Celtics just have no weaknesses, really. Like, Pritchard is, like, the one guy you, like, maybe worry about, but they don't play him that much. Like, he, 10 to 15 minutes, and he's raining threes on the other end. So, like, he often makes up for it. You took the words right out of my mouth, Jason. They just don't have many weak links or any weak links really in the rotation. They got a lot of size. I think they looked better without Robert Williams towards the end of the series. And there were, I believe there was a report that he was like ready to play in game seven. And then they just, he was available. They just didn't play. Yeah. Uh, Smart move by Yudoka. He's a grand hit seven, three players. (laughs) Yeah. Yudoka looks like a really good coach. Uh, Their role players in Al Horford, Grant Williams are high IQ, big, strong, versatile defenders with shooting ability. You know, I liked Grant Williams as a draft prospect, but man, I did not see him hitting seven three pointers in a game seven. Patrick Williams, watch some tape. Watch some tape of this, these these Celtics, man. We need Patrick Williams to be doing shit like those two guys. Yeah, I was thinking that Celtics, or I'm sorry, that uh, Pack maybe be like Kleba, Maxi Kleber yeah. too. On the maps, like that would be because Grant's uh, only six six, right? I mean, Pat's got two three inches on him. Yeah, but Grant is also just like a fucking hoss because he's just thick and right. But yeah, I mean, either of those guys, yeah, playing those guys are obviously versatile, can shoot, can play defense. It's great. Now that you mentioned Clevo, let's go over to that other series, which was absolutely shocking. A shocking game seven in Phoenix last night with the Mavs just absolutely fucking beating the Suns' ass. Uh, what was it? 30, I think it ended up being with 33 points, but they were up by like 40 something at some point. They were up 30 at half. Luca matched the Suns offensively in the first half with 27 points. The Suns looked like they did, had no idea what they were doing. Tons of credit, obviously, to the Mavs for the defense. Hate it, hate to like have to give Jason Kurt a lot of credit, credit because we have so many people have shit on him, including me, making fun of him. Got to give him credit for the, for the job he's done. Obviously, Luca is a total badass. But just like this from the Suns aspect, man, I mean, 64 wins uh, and then to go out like that on your home court and the DeAndre Ayton thing kind of took center stage with there was an apparently an incident with Monty Williams. Uh, Monty Williams says keeps it. I'm keeping it internal. Ayton did not speak to the repress. I don't know if he's spoken today yet. I have not seen that. If he has, I apologize. But uh, and then, I mean, Monty, I know, talked to the press again today and he there are a few times where just like not really giving Aiton a uh, much like props. I know he like, he brought up, had an answer where he brought up several other young players 
did not bring up eight. Like this feels like a he gone situation after the, the Suns would not pay him a max last off season that he wanted. I think I saw Woj report that he feels disrespected. Clearly there's issues there last night come in just what was going on I, there. I think there were like rumors of that eight quit on them. And they're like, Monty alleged that this seems like a situation where Aiden might legit be gone. And I feel like that's crazy. I think the Suns should pay him. They do. He is a restricted free agent. Uh, they probably should pay him because he's still young and he's a good center. Uh, but uh, it's kind of crazy. So like that makes you think like, should the Bulls go after DeAndre Aiden? Now, what is he? 20, is he 23, 24? Yeah, he'll be 24 he's, next season. He's obviously a monster. He put up good numbers. He did not look good in this series. Really struggled with the five out stuff. And also some really just, we talk about Booch being soft. Aiden for being a monster. Right. Some soft stuff there. Where he just doesn't go up strong. Uh, like throwing up layups. There was a one player who like spun away from the basket and like put up a, like just not going up strong, not using his physicality, his just beastly size to to be as good. So like some concerns there. You do wonder if that's just part of him. Was he was he mailing it in? Like what was what what you really wonder what what is going on there? Definitely, I think something worth looking into. There are some complications with his salary. Uh, because he's a restricted free agent. There's like base year compensation. I don't want to go get too much into that right now, but there are complications about the Bulls like trying to make something work there with the sign and trade, like whether they could trade them Vooch or something, or if like Kobe's involved or something like that. Either way, would you go after DeAndre Eight? Just like set, set anything aside, just him as a possible max guy on this Bulls team. I don't know. I'm not sure. I like yeah. DeAndre Ayton, but I think a max for him is going to be four years, 131 like million. Like 30 there's million not, a year, I think. There's not that many centers in the league that right. are worth that type of investment, in my opinion. And man, the story of these playoffs has been small ball. Now, part of that is because like a team like the Bucks, all they want to do is protect the paint, protect the rim. So they're like willing to give up the open threes. And that's yeah. why you know, Grant Williams will have an opportunity to make seven threes in a game seven because literally no one's guarding him. So part of it is scheme, but it's tough to watch, you know, small ball lineups in lineups where you have shooting at every spot, win in the playoffs, and then say, yeah, I want to give DeAndre Ayton $35 million a year. Now, I'm just in terms of like raw talent, I think that, you know, he would give the Bulls a role threat that Vooch doesn't provide. Also, though, like the Bulls were last in three-point rate this season, and Vooch was one of their leading players in three-point attempts. So you'd sort of be removing a shooter at the five to bring in Aiton. How does that match with DeRozan's mid-range game? You know, with Lonzo's knee injury, do you have enough shooting around the perimeter? Uh, can you really start? Aiton and Patrick Williams in the front court. Does Pat give you enough shooting at the four to alleviate the spacing concerns there? I think there's real concerns with this. And Aiton, like you said, was very, very frustrating in that second round series. This dude should be dunking the shit out of the ball every (laughs) single time. He should have been pounding these Mavs small ball lineups. This is the number one pick in the 2018 draft, seven foot, 240, made a muscle. He should have just been physically overpowering Dallas inside and he couldn't do it. And like you were saying, a lot of really weird sequences from him where he was sort of playing a finesse game, even though his entire skill set should be like a throwback 90 style big man who dominates with power and physicality. So should the Bulls go after DeAndre? If they do it, I'll get excited about it. 
And I'll think that, you know, now they have a really good young center Yeah, under contract long-term. You can always move off of him if you need to. I think someone like that's going to retain his value. Uh, but in general, man, watching these playoffs more and more, I like a five out look, Jace. I like some defensive versatility. I think in the playoffs, it becomes more about one-on-one play, guarding one-on-one, scoring one-on-one, and, you know, being able to make the defense respect you from three point range. And when they don't respect you being able, like Grant Williams the other night, being able to hit the shot. And we saw in the bulls, uh, first round series that, you know, their role players just could not hit open yeah. threes. Aiton would certainly help their size factor, but you know, you're trading out Vooch in that scenario too. And I just wonder like if they were to do that and I don't think they're going to be able to like reel in Deandre Aiton. I think he's going to have yeah, his market just because of his age and his pedigree. Uh, but you just wonder, like, how does he actually fit with a DeMar DeRozan team? So a lot of questions. Like, If you get eight and you almost need more of a high volume shooter at the foreign. I don't want to move Patrick Williams for a marginal upgrade. But the Bulls do have a little bit of a window right now. At least they must think they do to go in on DeRozan. Uh, a lot of it depends on Lonzo's health. There's a lot of moving parts coming into this offseason. Ultimately. I'm not entering this off season. Like we need to get Deandre Ayton to save the right, team. Yeah, Deandre sure. Agree. answer to all the team's problems. Yeah. I don't see it that way. Yeah, definitely not. There are just too many concerns. He He's obviously really good, but like you said, fit problems. And just like, he just like, hasn't, I feel like he hasn't quite just like developed his game to be as dominant as you would have hoped coming out. I feel like there were, I had to look, had to look up his stats. Like, I'm not sure what, how good of like a passer he is. Clearly he was, he has not developed on defense. Like he is better. I think he's better defensively. I feel like he came out with some defensive questions, but yeah. still a bit slow footed. So he can't, doesn't really have that versatility on the perimeter. Uh, the passing I think is like fine. He hasn't really developed a three point shot. I don't think I can add to look at his numbers again. He just like, hasn't quite. And obviously some of this, I think is because of you have CP three and Booker there. So he's kind of sacrificed to take a backseat, but still, if he was actually like did develop into just like a really just dominant player, uh, he obviously would have made much more of an impact in this Mavs series. He did not. So that definitely is concerning. You would worry again, just about, uh, I, I obviously as like a young player with Vooch being 31, 32 and possibly on the way out in a year. Anyways, you've, you'll lock in a really good young player there. Yeah. Like I could absolutely talk myself into it. I think they should, they should look into it. Uh, but definitely. Yeah. You I totally agree with your point about this. The bulls shouldn't be like, all right, we have to get DeAndre in this offseason. They don't have to do that. I honestly don't think they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll. Maybe they will pull something off. But we'll see. Uh, definitely pros and cons to that. Uh, uh, that type of move and something we'll probably talk about more uh, moving forward as we get closer to the offseason. But you, I, I got any, you got anything else here? I think I'm good. That's it for me, Jeff. Right, yeah, we got the uh, draft lottery. I believe is tomorrow night again. Bulls. It's nice to not be in. Uh, the lottery, even though some the, the allure of a top pick can be fun, but still, it's nice to not have to worry about that kind of shit after another shitty year. Uh, so yeah, NBA draft lottery is tomorrow night, and obviously we got the Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics and Heat starting Tuesday, and then Warriors, Mavs on Wednesday. That'll be a really interesting series. Uh, Warriors, I would consider them the slight favorite, but I mean, Luca is just such a badass right now, and the Mavs defense is flying around. The Mavs can easily Mavs pull in that series. You got a prediction for us, Chase? I think I would still lean towards the Warriors, but they've kind of just thrown, they've just been kind of so blah to me and the Mavs and the Mavs, Luca is just like on the top of the world right now. So like yeah. if the Mavs, if the Mavs do win that series, I would not be surprised at all. 
I think the Warriors ceiling is higher if like they actually do get cooking, but they just have not been cooking at all. And they have injuries. Iggy hurt, Gary Payton, the uh, second hurt key guys that they could throw at Luca Otto's. I know Porter has been kind of banged up too. So that, that could play a factor. So hopefully two really good series. We'll see, but uh, we'll see. And then again, draft ladder tomorrow. So that'll do it for us here at cash considerations. H Wolves podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Go check out all the other great pods all across the Blue Wire Network for us here at Cash. Please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. Uh, you can find us, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Shout out to Fuzzgun for our in- introdu- new introduction this season. So, for Cash Considerations, H. Bulls Podcast. We will talk to you guys next time. Enjoy those Eastern Conference, or enjoy those conference finals. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.